Hello. Hello. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Kim. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 11 of the Massive Fans Book Club Podcast. Today, we're doing Chapters 39 through 42 of A Court of Wings and Ruin by Sarah J. Mass. <laughs> nope, just me. Okay. Uh, no. <laughs> Happened to me a few times on the Metro. Yeah. Uh, I yeah. got you. When I was yeah. commuting, I got you. Yeah. <laughs> so... Reese is there and he's like, oh, yeah, dude, you like pass the fuck out. <laughs> really grateful for the high lady to do. Yeah, he's like, yeah, you like pass the fuck out sitting on a bucket, man. Um, but anyway, he says like that he brought her there and he's like, you don't worry. Like you've only been asleep a few hours. It's not even morning yet. So like, why don't you go back to sleep? And. Feyre, like, on one hand, is like, oh, thank God, I didn't have a- my memory erased. I did not get beamed up my aliens. This all makes sense. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the other hand, instead of being able to just, like, accept that and roll back over, she notices that Reese looks like shit. And basically he has, like, blood streaked through his hair. He's dirty. He's, like, sitting on the floor studying some papers that are scattered around him. And Feyre's like, "Mm, yeah, I'm not going back to sleep. Clearly we have some talking to do. And she basically says, you know, you look like crap and you're not sleeping, so what's up? And she shifts to, like, look at what he's looking at. And while I assumed it was, like, like, far, I guess I'm an idiot. I assumed it was going to be, like, some maps or, like you know some plans or something and it turns out that it's a list of the fallen soldiers yeah so yeah so he says it's illyrians and summer court ones and pharaoh asks reese if he knew many of them and he says a few but then he notes that tarquin's list is much longer than his and Right. And Feyre briefly flashes to the time when Reese told her what we actually read at Kim is at the beginning of this book. That's his flashback to when he is walking. Mm -hmm. I thought it was the beginning of this one. Yeah. So she's telling us what we already know from reading like the, you know, prologue bit (laughs) flashback at the beginning of this where reese talks about how he had had to during the war like scan the battlefield looking for cassian and asriel right because he didn't know if they were there or not right but she like snaps out of that thought when reese basically announces to her that like this today even though it was at the summer court it was specifically, he thinks, a taunt for him. Mm-hmm. What he what he actually says is, it was a way to toy with me, with us. And Farah is just like, whoa, slow down, buddy. I mean, yeah, probably, but also you're kind of given like dead man walking vibes. Like, mm-hmm. what are we doing? So she gets like on his level. She's like cupping his face, kind of doing the look at me. No, no, no. Look at me. Uh Uh-uh. Look at me. You look at me. Good. Okay. You know, she's like. Turn. Turn. Yeah. I'm here. Look at me. I'm here. Yep. Eyes. Eyes. Eyes on me. And after she's done that, (laughs) she says, you are not going to die in this war, Reese. And don't you listen to a word, he says. And she's talking about the King of Highburn and like all the shitty Dang. things he said earlier. But Jack like, off. I know. 
but it's like really interesting to me. It's really there's interesting my nice, to me. There's my nice analogy. He's a jackass. I mean, he is. Like, what else is there? <laughs> but it's interesting to me because, like, in this moment, I feel like Reese is kind of losing it. Yeah. Like, he's losing it more than we've ever really seen, barring that one time he was like screaming at Amarantha. <laughs> and he's like right and he's like insistent that like the king knows them knows their histories knows what makes them vulnerable and he's like hence the attack on the library you know because sure they wanted nesta but also they wanted to piss off me because like this is my home and my you know backyard and all of that you know and my circus my monkeys right right very much my circus my monkeys and i think it's interesting because, like I said, like barring the screaming at Amarantha momentary lapse of judgment, I feel like he's very good at like holding it together. And we are now seeing him like kind of crack apart. And it's interesting to me because I feel like in these moments, when a character is doing this, the other character has like two options, <laughs> which is either like to melt down with them or then have to be the strength that the character who's currently breaking down is normally. Yep. And in this, we actually see Feyre, like, really, like, on top of her, like, comfort game. game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, which, yeah, which is amazing because I love Feyre and Reese, but let's be real. Feyre's not usually very good with the words is. No, she's not. <laughs> like, I, I, I acknowledge that. Like, she's I not. love them. I think, like, I think she does her best. <laughs> Like, I think she does her best, but I think uh, for the most part up until now, uh, Reese has had a lot more opportunity to show us, like, his ability to be a good protector, to be a good, you know, uh, uh, friend to her on top of, you know, her husband and blah, blah, blah. And this is the first time we're really seeing Feyre, like, kind of do Turn the equal, table. Yeah, mm -hmm. do an equally good job. And honestly, she has, like, a beautiful response. So I'm going to read it because, like, their conversation is just mwah, perfect. <laughs> so she says, you know, she's got him kind of like, you looking at me, you looking at me. And she says, so we learn where to hit him and strike hard. Better yet, we kill him before he can do any further harm. And Reese shook his head slightly, removing his face from my hands. If it was only the king to contend with, but the cauldron is in his arsenal. And it was the way his shoulders began to curve in, the way his chin dipped ever so slightly. I grabbed his hand again. We need allies, I said, my eyes burning. We can't face the brunt of this war alone. I know. The words were heavy, wary. Move the meeting with the High Lord sooner, three days from now. I will. I'd never heard that tone that quiet. And it was precisely because of it I said, I love you. His head lifted, his eyes churning. There was a time when I dreamed of hearing that, when I never thought I'd hear it from you. He gestured to the tent to Adriata beyond it. Our trip here was the first time I let myself hope. And then she remembers, so it's an italics, to the stars who listen and the dreams that are answered. Yep. And I just, yeah. I was like, yeah, it's so cute. Like, I just, I, yeah. 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 It's just really cute. She finishes out by saying, the world should know 
The world should know how good you are, Resand. how wonderful all of you are. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's just like, that's so cute. I know. And then it's kind of cute because, like, clearly this, like, worked. She did a successful job because, like, now he's able to be, like, a little playful and they kind of, like, have this cute little chat about, like, he's like, you're saying all these nice things. Like, should I be worried? <laughs> And she's, you know, all cutesy eye roll, you know. <laughs> right, right. But then Feyre does, like, kind of, like, so sober up, for lack of a better word. And she asks, like, so, like, what's the plan with the High Lords meeting? Mm-hmm. Like, you still planning on playing dress up or? <laughs> and, what are you doing? Right. And he's like, yeah, like, we're going to do what we always do, play the roles, like, you know the drill. And she thinks about it a minute and she's like, mm, you know, Valaris isn't really a secret anymore. Yeah. So oh. like, I'm not sure that playing fake ruler of a fake, like she basically says, I don't know that playing a fake role of fake ruler over the meanies and the fake nightmare court thing is really going to fly. <laughs> like, right. I mean, because, they are the rulers of that, but that's not their primary seat of power. Right. Like, now it's pretty obvious that, like, that's not even, like, the bulk of <laughs> what he does, you know? And, I mean, obviously, that was, like, you know, a really, like, quick way to say it. What she actually says is, Valaris is secret no longer. The king knows too much about us, who we are, what we are. And if we're to ally with the other High Lords, I think they need the truth. They will need the truth in order to trust us. The truth about who we really are, who Moore and Cassian and Azrael really are. Look at how poorly things went with Tarquin today. We can't. We can't let it continue like this. Absolutely. So no more masks. No more rules to pl- roles to play. We go as ourselves as a family. And I'm like, damn, Favorite really like put on her big girl pants today. She did. <laughs> like... Feyre has had her moments up until now, but, like, this whole chapter is, like, Feyre really, like, being a wife now. Like, really well, being, like... I I think, honestly, when they up. had the... When they got the news about Adriata... Yeah. Well, really, it goes back to the library. Yeah. And from that moment on, it's like some switch snapped in her, and she is, like... Figuring her shit out and moving forward. Like, she's being the adult. Yeah, she and is. I'm like, you go, girl. You know what I think it is? It's kind of interesting. I Like, I don't have any notes about this. But, like, I think it's kind of what we were just talking about, which is Reese is kind of falling apart and heartbroken mm-hmm. because this is happening in his backyard. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Feyre is, for the first time, empowered because... This is happening in her backyard because she has a backyard. You know what I mean? For lack of a better way to put mm-hmm. it. I do. Like, I think because it's happening to these people, she like, just as she pointed out, like, this is her family. And I think all of this happening has kind of made her turn mama bear. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm all here for mama bear, mama bear fairer. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> took her long enough to get there i mean ain't that the truth <laughs> jesus girlfriend so yeah uh, after you know all that she you know 
they talk for a minute and and Reese says they may be angry at the lies we fed them over the centuries. And she's like, well, then we'll make it clear that we understand their feelings and make it clear that we had no alternative way to protect our people. But I think it's cute because then Reese kind of picks up what she's putting down and he's like, we'll show them the court of dreams. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> Makes you like go, oh. I know. So then they have like some more cute cutesy cutesy back and forth and then Feyre is like you know not to like keep bringing up hard stuff (laughs) but like yeah but well we are going to have like are we gonna have a problem if the other high lords realize that i'm basically a super fey because i have a drop of each of their powers (laughs) and reese is like yeah we're gonna have to play that one really carefully (laughs) yeah Basically, he's like, we're going to have to, like, really keep hold of the narrative on that one. And it's it's kind of the start of a the start of the whole thing because they're discussing this. And she's like, well, like, do we say anything? He's like, no, don't say anything. Like, we're going to have to, like, I mean, I'm all for, like, telling the truth. But sometimes you keep your mouth shut. And this is one of those times. And he says, you know, like, he, like, takes a moment and he's like, when he, you know, when I dare to think about like even what Baron would do to you if he found out. <laughs> well, then Feyre basically says she like feels the like Earth literally move because he gets so mad. And oops. <laughs> well, you know, so <laughs> literally, if she's feeling the Earth move, all I can think is like there are some people in Adriana that are like, oh Lord, not. Yeah, like all I can think is that there's like some fae running around screaming, get grandma off the mantle or there'll be ashes everywhere. (laughs) I don't know why, but I like have a really clear picture of like this fae family like running around like, (laughs) (laughs) not again. (laughs) But, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know why. I just do. And, uh, yeah, so basically that happens. But, you know, Feyre just finds this to be endearing. It does not cross her mind at all that there are Fae, like, running around like, what the fuck? (laughs) And she just, like, gives him a quick kiss and is like, meh, we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. (laughs) Um, Reese. Yeah, right. Well, Reese does point out that, like, as High Lady, it would be expected that she'd have, like, some of his powers gifted to her. So, like, she can use those during the High Lord's meeting if need be. Um, <laughs> spoilers, that's not what happens. But anyway. Yeah, spoilers. <laughs> like, not even a little bit. Um, <laughs> no. Oh, no. But anyway, I know I acted like that was going to be the, like the last weird hard thing that Farrah was going to bring up, but I lied. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> yeah, I lied because Reese is like bloody and tired and like sitting in the dark with his head in his hands, basically. And she's like, I know you want to take a nap, but have we heard from anyone about the Miriam and Drake and backup plan? <laughs> And Reese is like, oh, yeah, I forgot to tell you. And no, he's not, because that would be stupid. Feyre would know if he knew. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good Lord. 
but <laughs> it's not like he keeps secrets like that from her right like i don't know why she's like hey have we heard about this um but anyway the answer is like no we haven't um and basically it just they chat about it for a minute but the only thing that really matters is that reese kind of says they wanted to be forgotten by the world and when i saw how peaceful krita had become i, I didn't want the world to intrude on them either so he's kind of like look like what the stuff i do know i'm not really trying to use and you know, it's just, this is probably not going anywhere. <laughs> Joy. Yeah. And she's just like, okay, okay, fine. Like, I guess I get it. And it basically, we briefly bring up the whole Queen Vasa Lucian thing. We're like, hey, don't forget Lucian's working on a thing. Like, it's like, in case we haven't brought that up for a couple chapters, don't forget Lucian's on his own side quest. And then this is where things just things just get weird. Interesting. Kim's laughing because sort of had a whole conversation about this beforehand offline. And I said, this is kind of like where my notes more or less just become like Kelsey just like hit the really broad points because Jesus. Um basically. Reese, like, they have this whole conversation about, like, Miriam and Draco, and, and, like, I know I'm not gonna, like, you know, go out of my way to find them and, like, ruin their lives, and, like, I guess he sounds kind of, like, hoarse and exhausted and just, ugh. And so, for some reason, Feyre's like, you know, he just looks a mess. Maybe if I kiss him, that would be nice. And so she does, but this isn't just, like, mm, I'm just gonna give you a kiss. This is literally <clears throat> the words on the page. Press a kiss to his mouth as I laid a hand upon his chest and pushed him down upon the furs. So this is where I stopped oh, taking notes because like, wow, wow, wow. Right. Because you can tell where this is going. And, <laughs> and Reese says what we're all thinking, which is there's little privacy in a war camp. And we're like, uh, yeah, there are yeah. people dying like 10 feet away. <laughs> and Farrah Feyre, I really, I gotta give her some credit though. Like, girl, like I said, really did put on her big girl pants today. And she says, then I suppose you'll have to be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Which is so, like, okay. Like, I give you, like, I give you some props. Like, okay, good response. Good response. Like, I, you know, thumbs up. Um, I'm sorry, but sometimes, like, when I read these scenes. Okay, do you, did you see that movie? Shit, what is that movie? I could picture it in my head. What is that movie about the feelings? Uh, inside out oh yeah 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 okay. i feel like when i read stuff like this i feel like all those little people in her head i feel like i can hear all of those little people and one of them is like yeah yeah say the thing say the thing Ooh, she said the thing <laughs> it's kind of like soul too have you seen soul oh no i haven't seen that one yet i need to though but you know yeah anyway yeah yeah so I, yeah, so I don't know. I just feel like I'm in her head. I'm like, ooh, like on one hand, I'm like, ooh, girl, like say the thing, say the thing. Ooh, she said the thing. But then like another part of me is like, this is a really bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> well, then, at, at least they have the magic to silence it. I guess so. I don't know. All I know is that the the way we got here makes no damn sense to me. Because she's like, when I saw you facing the king today. It's like, what? You decided you had to go back to a tent and fuck him in front of the dying? I don't understand. Yeah, um, something. 
Yeah, I guess she just means that she got like really <laughs> emotional because Reese says like, yeah, I know I felt you. I guess I yeah, I don't know, guys. I doesn't really make any sense. Um, I decay. Yeah, but anyway, we're she's like pulling a shirt off because, like I said, we know where this is going. But like, he's got like this big ugly ass bruise, and he's like, "It's fine. It was a lucky shot." And she's like, "With what?" <laughs> and he says, "A spear." Captain <laughs> fading. Yeah, she's like, "Well, damn." Um. Yeah. So. You would think that maybe this would be the time where they'd be like, okay, never mind. Yeah, maybe he's like hurting and he should take a bath and we should take a nap and like cool our shit. But uh, we don't do that. Instead, yeah, a, <laughs> he like puts like a shieldish thing like around the tent uh, as she unbuttons his pants. And they have some fun. Does what of you the do. Adult variety. Yeah, does what you do then. Um, I mean, I do think it's kind of fun that he makes his clothes vanish because he has that ability. Pretty convenient. It's a very convenient skill. He growls, which we haven't heard in a while. Um, And it's really uncomfortable because the paragraph is his growls of pleasure filled the tent, drowning out the distant cries of the injured and dying. That's a nice morbid thought. (laughs) <laughs> um morbidity just, at its finest I just, um i cannot imagine for the life of me like i love sarah j Mads, you know that i do but i could not imagine being at my laptop being like um typing some words and i'm gonna type he growled of pleasure and it filled the tent drowning out hmm the distant cries of the injured and dying. <laughs> like, there is no way that that, like, string of words would come to mind. Yeah, no. I'm with you. no way in hell I would come up with that. I'm with you. But that's okay. Could be worse. Anyway, then we get a snowflake. So that's good. Mm-hmm. Only a few more Illyrians died during the night, in case you're wondering. You know, while they were doing it. Uh, even though I have be- the best song for this moment know, at the I end know. of the episode. <laughs> I know. Oh my god. Oh, anyway, work it towards that. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, 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 I'm now hearing the song play in my head. I understand completely. So anyway, they return to the house, and Cassie and Azriel remain behind to like lead the Illyrians back to their like new camp on the border, mm-hmm. and and they like you know winnow in. And Nesta is waiting in the foyer of the townhouse, and Amran is sitting in a chair, just like waiting, I'm just like what the fuck. And there's no Elaine; she's around, but Nesta just demands like, what happened? Like, I think Nesta's thought process is like, we definitely thought you'd be gone like a couple of hours and we'd hear from you, except it's fucking tomorrow. <laughs> like, what the fuck happened? Yeah. Right. And Reese basically says the clearest thing he possibly could, which is there was a battle we won. <laughs> and Amran's like, I really could punch you in the throat. <laughs> She's like, we know that. What happened with Tarquin, you dumb fuck? That dumb fuck wasn't added by me, but you know Amber was thinking it. Oh, yes, she was. 
Yeah. And basically the moral of the story is they're like, well, we're still alive to talk about it. So clearly it went okay. And <laughs> they're like, That's yeah. so reassuring. Right. right. They're basically like, we're alive to talk about it. So clearly the Bud Rubies are like no longer a problem. And the royal family is also still alive. So that is also not a problem. And basically... Reese kind of realizes that probably she's trying to hint at like is Varian okay, and yes. he says he is, and so apparently Amron like kind of relaxes, chills the fuck up. Yeah, she relaxes a little, but somebody still has their panties in a twist, and that would be Nesta. Mm-hmm. Nesta was glancing between us all, her back still stiff, mouth a thin line. Where is he? Reese <laughs> crooned, Cassian. I didn't think I'd ever heard his name from her lips. Cassian had always been him or that one, and Nesta had been pacing in the foyer as if she was worried. I opened my mouth, but more beat me to it. He's busy. I'd never <laughs> heard her voice so sharp, icy. Nesta held more stare, her jaw tightened, and then relaxed, and then tightened as if fighting some battle and keeping questions in. More didn't drop her gaze. So now we have like this weird moment where Feyre kind of thinks the same thing mm-hmm. I did, which is like more. Like I don't, I get it. This is kind of a pain in the ass, but like more. Like you're kind of reacting weird. <laughs> mm-hmm. And she can't really. Like, we've all been dancing around this whole Nesta Cassian topic for the most part. Like, Kim and yeah. I have basically said more than is said in the book because, well, you know, we're not stupid. But, like, I feel... I've also read all of them. Well, right. Like, everybody on Earth has had Silver Flame spoiled for them, so it's fine. But anyway, the point is, is, like, it's kind of weird because is pointing out that, like, more, like, more doesn't care about Cassian like that That so like there should be no weird like jealousy issue of nesta asking where cassian especially given it's nesta and we all know how nesta is so it's like right shocking that she gives a fuck anyway let alone like you know anyway yeah it's not like they're like together or something you know what i mean and yeah. so, like, it's just weird because then Moore's like, when he gets back, keep your forked tongue behind your teeth. And it's like, okay, again, I'm all for, like, some, you know, Nesta nonsense. I, you know, I get it. She can be a bitch. Like, go for it, more. Say what you gotta say. But it just seems like a weird time to ask because I don't think Nesta was asking to be a bitch. I think Nesta's literally concerned. And I don't know why Moore, like, missed that. Uh, I don't know if she missed it or not. I think that Moore doesn't trust Nesta after the way Nesta has treated not just not just Vera, but the way she's treated Cassian. Uh-huh. She has been a complete outright bitch. I, I get it, except I would raise you essentially what Feyre points out, which is Moore doesn't do a whole lot better for Az. I agree. <laughs> Pot I'm meat not. kettle. <laughs> I agree. I think it's genuinely a case of pot meat kettle. Yeah, I do too. I do too. I yeah. Anyway, and I guess Reese probably does too because Reese is like more, <laughs> and she like slowly looks at him, and they kind of have a stare off for a minute, and basically Reese gives her a job and just says like, "Look, like we're doing the High Lords meeting thing, like I'm done debating on where we're gonna meet. Pick a place, like just move on, like." more you have shit to do go fucking do some shit three days 
Yeah. Oh. Like, yeah, you, you got some shit to do. Go, go do that. And she looks back to Nesta and Nesta has not like basically moved a muscle the whole time. Right. And so mm-hmm. she and more are still just like staring each other down. I don't get it, but okay. Until more vanishes in, you know, her winnowy ways. And Which tells me 10 bucks, Reese got into her head and said, get the hell out of here. I, I agree with that statement. But also, I think that Reese kind of could read a room a little bit. And I think mm-hmm. that probably, I mean, Reese can literally read a room. Yeah, like he could read a room a little bit, and I think he's realizing that, like, kind of what I said, which is like, more there is definitely a time and place for you to eat Nesta, but like, this isn't it, right? Exactly, stand down. This one's not it, you know what I mean? Yeah, you two can fight it out later, but everybody's tired, including Nesta and Amron, who clearly have been basically sitting in this foyer waiting for us all night, right? So um so nesta then kind of turns and she goes back to the table where she had like all her books and stuff and amber follows and amber is wearing a necklace of rubies (laughs) (laughs) and i think fair and research is kind of like uh like in their heads like it's not on the page but i feel like they're like do you see this yeah do you see this Well, I guess we know where that's going. Right. Like, do you see this? I see this. And <laughs> anyway, uh, Ambrin just kind of picks up with Nesta. You know, where were we? You know, you were explaining how the territory lines were formed between the courts, blah, blah, blah. And basically now Reese and Feyre are talking down the bond. They're like, they're taking up history lessons. Yeah. I'm as shocked as you are. Like the house is still standing. Like basically <laughs> it's a, it's a weird moment because the, it is. the actual words being exchanged between Feyre and Reese in their heads are like I said, like, you know, wait, are they really like talking history? Yeah, they really are. Like they're really just sitting here studying books. But I think the interesting unwritten thing here is kind of exactly why Reese probably did get into more said and send her out of the room. Or at least that's the way you and I interpret it. Mm-hmm. Because I think, like I said, they kind of both did read room and go, oh my God, Nesta and Amron have literally been sitting here all night, both worried about a, us, but you know, a bunch of people that they couldn't help. But, like, they both had a lot more to lose on that side than we thought. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, like, they both know that about the, each other, but probably Nesta and Amber didn't even talk about it. But they probably found some comfort in knowing the other one wasn't any happier than the other. Right, right, right. You know? Yeah, yeah. No, that makes perfect sense. And so I just, yeah, I had to read this a little bit because it's kind of, like, it kind of finalizes i think what you and i are saying which is behind us amron murmured to nesta cassian has gone to war many times girl he isn't general of reese's forces for nothing this battle was a skirmish compared to what lies ahead he's likely visiting the families of the fallen as we speak he'll be back before the meeting and nesta says i don't care right (laughs) and that's what pharaoh says pharaoh in her you know in her like internal monologue says at least she's talking again. <laughs> and as Reese and Farrah are like headed down the hall to their rooms, she stops him and she stops like dead in their tracks and says down the bond, take me to the prison right now. And no questions asked. Reese 
does exactly what his wife asks. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. He's a smart man. He is. And that's the end of chapter 39. Kim, take us to the prison. So, chapter 40 literally opens. They're at the prison. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Farrah's in, in, in front of the bone carver in his cell. Reese is in the hallway. And Farrah realizes she didn't have a bone to burn with her, so this is going to go really well. Not. Yeah. So, they got, well, it starts out that they went up that hillside, did the whole thing. Anyway, she says, standing before the bone carver, two hours later, the ancient death god still wearing my would-be son's skin, I said, find another object that you desire. Straight and forward. And all the all the bone carver cares about is why he's Reese in the hallway. <laughs> and Farrah's like, he has no interest in seeing you. And then, of course, the bone carver, this, you know, this guy is so roundabout in getting to what he wants, needs, slash, whatever. Right. He's like, you reek of blood and death. Mm-hmm. And Farrah's like, pick another object. <laughs> right. She's like, pay attention to the task at hand. And so he keeps, they, they, they've argued, and he's like, I desire nothing else but my window to the world. And she's like, I can offer you so many other things. And he says, you were afraid to clean the mirror. Why? And Feyre goes, you are not afraid of it? And he says, no. Are you frightened of it too, Resand? Resand finally comes to the doorway, at least. So Feyre says, yet again, Pick something else. And not a fool's errand this time. To which the bone carver responds, What would you give me? Riches do me no good down here. Power holds no sway over the stone. What about your firstborn? A secret smile as he gestured with that small boy's hand to himself. Stupid Rumpelstiltskin-like deal. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Like This has some serious Rumpelstiltskin vibes going on. Reese's attention slid to me. Surprise. And something (laughs) deeper, more tender. Not just any boy, then. My cheeks heated. No, no, not just any boy. To which the bone cover is like, it is rude, majesties, to speak when no one can hear you. Why do you have, like, some, like, Gollum, my precious energy? (laughs) I know. It's, like, a really weird, like, Rumpelstiltskin... Gollum, my yeah. pre- like yeah, it's why bizarre. It, yeah, why does it got some master energy? <laughs> my precious. Yeah. The so he, <laughs> where are the hobbitses? <laughs> and so she's like, "There's nothing else." Then she's like, "Fine, fuck it, I'm out of here." <laughs> you know, and he's like, "Bring me the orbors, and I am yours." You have my word. So she she leaves. She gets so pissed off. She walks out. And so then then the bone carver's like, where's my bone? Fucking weirdo. <laughs> and we see him chuck something at him from lunch. <laughs> so apparently it's some bone of some yeah, critter. Some chicken that... bone, yeah. Right. To which it is, they say it's a chicken bone. Apparently the bone carver is not amused with his bone, but he got a bone, yeah. so I guess he can't really say shit, right? Right. So as they're walking out to go back to Valaris, and Feyre is mulling over the whole, fuck the whole Ouroboros, it's gonna kill me, yada yada yada, like, how am I gonna get around this? She's having this right. whole monologue in her head. Reese goes down the bottom and he's like, so what does he look like? 
<laughs> I know. And it says, the question was soft, tentative. I knew who he meant. I interlaced my fingers through resands and squeezed tightly. Let me show you. So as they walk out, she lets him into her mind and she shows him. I know, fancy and then trick, a, right? It is a cool fancy trick. And they get a little snowflake. So, of course, now they've returned to the, to the townhouse. Mind you, I don't know if they ate at camp that morning or not. Right. But Favorite is now, like, I mean, we know starving. they fuck, but we don't know if they ate. We don't know if they ate, but we know they had sex. There you go. So, they burned a shit ton of calories because, you know, they had to climb up the, the mountain to get into right. the prison. And then they had to climb back down the mountain. I'm like, mm, no, gotta go. Reese and Feyre are walking towards the kitchen and they open up the door to go into the kitchen and this is what it says and I love this. This is like the best little bit. But we beheld what was within and halted. Zanes <laughs> stood between Nuala and Caradwin at the long work table. All three of them covered in flour. Some sort of doughy mess on the surface before them. The two handmaiden spies instantly bowed to Reese and Elaine there was a slight sparkle in her brown eyes, as if she'd been enjoying herself with them. Nuala swallowed hard. The lady said she was hungry, so we went to make her something, but she said she wanted to learn how, so... Hands wreathed in shadows lifted in a helpless gesture. Flour, drifting off of them like bales of snow. We're making bread. And Elaine starts to shut down when she realizes who all is there, and Feyre just smiles at her, and she's like, I hope it'll be done soon. I'm starved. I know. And it's so cool, because you finally get this moment of, Elaine is kind of Elaine. She's not like some yeah. freaky, catatonic right. person. She's being quiet, but she's like a quiet person with a personality who wants to bake bread. Which is all like, of us during the pandemic. <laughs> yeah, well, there's that. and. You know, she's like, she was hungry. She was doing something, learning something. Like, Feyre's about ready right. to jump up and down. She's so excited. And she's like, we're going to go bathe. We'll leave you to the baking. Gotta go. Bye. Right. <laughs> Don't want to jinx it. No, no. See ya. And Reese looks at her, and this is such a cute little moment. He says, that's what I felt when I saw you smile that night we dined along the Sidra. I know. So, it's so sweet. So, they decide they're going to go out somewhere to eat. So, I guess, you know, that started. And then he's like, mm hmm, mm hmm, really? And he's like, I think I'm hungry for something else. And I'll let you all guess where that heads to. <laughs> <laughs> And we get a snowflake. At least we don't get to see them do this or read about them doing. We just know where they're going. Yeah, and it's not like it's not like I'm actually against like spice. I'm just against weirdly placed spice. Right. This was kind of cute. I get this one. This one was cute. Yeah, but I mean, coming off of our weird tent sex, not so much. Yeah, so I'm okay with it. So we get our snowflake. And it says, Nesta was waiting at the breakfast table the next morning. Huh. 
And Feyre was like, not for me, I realized, as her gaze slipped over me as if I were no more than a servant, but for someone else. Who could that be? Hmm, let me think. Because Feyre acknowledges herself near Cassie's still at the camp, dealing with stuff. So Feyre's like, fine, I'm going to ignore you, I'm going to eat. Fair. And... You know, she has all these crazy thoughts about Amarin and, and Nesta and Nesta's power and the whole bit. She's like, yeah, whatever. So when Farrah stands up to leave, uh, Nesta finally talks to her and she goes, you're going to that meeting in two days. Yes. I braced myself for whatever she intended to say. Nesta glanced toward the front windows as if still waiting, still watching. You went off into battle without a second thought. Why? Because I had to. Because people needed help. Her blue-gray eyes were near silver in the trickle of morning light. But Nesta said nothing else, and after waiting for another moment, I left, winnowing up to the f- house for my flying lesson with Azrael. And that's the end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. So Nesta is definitely making her interest in one Cassian very known, well known at the moment. I was going to say, I feel like, yeah, I feel like now it's like the the curtains are open. We can all see it for what it is. <laughs> mm-hmm. We can. So chapter 41 opens. Um, You know, Azrael had gone and he delivered the letters for more about the change of location and date and time for the High Lords meeting. And they were still going back and forth because while everybody agreed with the date change, they were all cha- they were arguing about where, right? Because you know, under the mountain isn't an option anymore. And all six of the high lords are are definitely going because Baron had finally said yes. The only right. court they had not heard from was Spring, but they know that the messages have been delivered, right? And so they're just you know hashing this out and it comes up that they decided everybody from the inner circle would go except for Amarin and Nesta um, because Amarin insisted that Nesta needed to do more practicing mm-hmm. and Amarin found something in the book that might might possibly be what they need so they can fix the wall might is a very loose term in this because yes. it's literally like italicized and so like clearly Amron doesn't have a lot of faith <laughs> yeah she's she's hoping and then they finally that the night before it was finally decided that the meeting was going to be held in the dawn court it was close enough to the middle and the only other court that borders the middle is the winter court and Calius wasn't letting anyone in to his court after what had happened with Amarantha. Fair. So, Thesen, the Lord of Dawn, is going to be hosting. And therefore, it's funny because then, once that all gets decided, then Reese, Moore, and Azrael gather on the dining table to hash this out. Cassian is not there. He's still at the war camps. Right. And Feyre is trying not to pace and ask 20 million questions. And Nesta and Amarin were were in another room working. And then Nesta would, Amarin would stop, come in. And she had her 
two takes on things and, you know, her thoughts she wanted to share. So, um, they, they continue doing all this. And then we have a few more days and Amron finally has declared that Nesta, when Nesta at last went upstairs complaining of a headache, a few more days and my sister through whatever mysterious power might be able to do something. That is, Amron added, if she could crack that promising section of the book in time. And I love how Ferris says this. Considering how awful the book was, I wasn't entirely sure if she was joking. The right. others weren't either. And so it's kind of like, oh, this is festive. And I don't get this. This is going to be one of my questions of why do we not have uh, a snowflake? Because we really need one. Mm-hmm. We didn't get one. Yeah. Because it's. I barely touched dinner, barely slept. Dawn broke, and as I dressed, the morning unfurled into a sunny, dry day. Right. So Ferris barely touched her dinner. She didn't sleep. Reese, you know, was Reese and did his thing with her. And <laughs> Dawn is breaking, and Ferris getting dressed as the morning unfurls into this sunny, dry day. So we at least have a pretty day weather-wise, right? Sure. Always a good thing. And Fair gets very descriptive about the clothes, and it's kind of important. I was going to say, fashion show! It is a fashion show, and that's why I really wanted to talk about this whole section, because, well, hello, costume designer, it's kind of cool. <laughs> and um, she says, though we would be going to the meeting, as we truly were, our usual attire remained the same. Reese in his preferred black jacket and pants, Azriel and Cassian in their Illyrian armor, all seven siphons polished and gleaming. Yes. Moore had foregone her usual red gown for one of midnight blue. It was cut Cute. with the same revealing panels and flowing gauzy skirts, but there was something restrained in it, Regal, a princess of the realm. The usual attire, except my own. I had not found a new gown, for there was no other gown that could top the one I now wore as I stood in the foyer while the <laughs> clock on the sitting room mantel struck eleven. And I'm going to say, can we all guess what gown she's wearing? Let me I, think I what gown no this idea. could be. Hmm. They're waiting on Reese is what it is. Because remember, he takes forever. They've had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. So Farrah says, we had taken my gown from Starfall, refashioned it, adding sheer silk panels to the back shoulders, the glittering material like woven starlight as it flowed behind me in lieu of a veil or cape. If Rhysand was night triumphant, I was a star that only glowed thanks to his darkness, the light only visible because of him. Aww. And it's it's cool because, you know, you gotta admit, they're all they're all looking kind of spiffy and they're kind of ready to go do this, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm giggling now because this whole little bit is hysterical. And we can, we, we we find out how I know well, how is I love it because it, it I don't know, it gives you a insight to their personality. I guess. Yeah, Maybe. I think so. Because I caught Cassian glancing at me for the third time in less than a minute and demanded, what? His lips twitched at the corners. You just look so... Moore's like, here we go. And Cassian's finally like, official! With an incredulous <laughs> look in her direction. He waved a siphon top and top hand to me. Fancy! <laughs> <laughs> so, um... Yeah, so at this point, both Moore and and Azriel are giving Cassian shit because he he 
is literally you look you look fancy like he can't even say yeah. hey you look nice it's, right you look fancy jesus christ cassian you're a hot mess boy and so they're all laughing and but it is the first time he apparently had just gotten back that morning uh, from the war camps because fair acknowledges this is the first time she has seen him since adriata but she realizes that some of some of this like she she's trying to be careful because she has this precarious feeling thing atop my head the crown these had crowned me at each and every meeting and function we'd had long before i was his mate long before i was his high lady even under the mountain I'd never questioned the tiaras and diadems and crowns that Nawala or Caridwin wove into my hair. Never objected to them, even before things with us had been this way. But this one. This crown was heavier, not unwelcome, but strange. And she explains that she picked it out and she talks yeah. about it. And this is the whole little bit. So apparently when she was tossing and turning last night... Reese takes her over to the House of Wind, finally, and they go into the treasure trove. Now, Feyre, for some reason, had never been into the personal treasure trove that the family has well, at the House of Wind. they've been a little busy. <laughs> they have. They haven't had a lot of downtime. <laughs> True. True. So they go, and this is so cool, because it's king she, she tells, you know, she says that the only people that are allowed to do it, as well as any children... Or guests that they bring with them are going to be coming, and um, and and able to get in. And as she says, she's talking about this chamber that they're now in. Because remember, she did she toured all the treasure chambers in Adriata, right? Right. She's like ten thousand years worth of treasure. It was neatly organized in podiums and open drawers and busts and racks. The family jewels, Reese said with a devious grin. Some of the pieces we don't like are kept at the court of nightmares just so they don't get pissy and because we sometimes lend them to Moore's family. But these, these are for the family. And she's talking about like all the gems and all the jewels and all the just stuff she sees and her mind just is just pretty like, sparkly, what? glittery stuff. Lots of pretty sparklies. She's a little overwhelmed by all the pretty sparklies. Sure. And I kind of, I'm sorry, but I kind of picture this like Princess Diaries 2 when Anne Hathaway's character gets the closet and she's just mm -hmm. like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is really what this is. It's kind of that, oh, oh, what? Oh. Like, what did she say? She says something stupid like, my shoes have their own room. <laughs> like, I can't yes. remember what she says, but she something says something like that. like that. Yeah. And I feel like that's kind of how this is going. They were just like, what? Why am I in here? Like, what? And of course, they, they, he has these, they have these little things, they're called glow worms, and they, they emit the soft, what Feyre has thought of as Which is such a weird fucking concept. Like, I have no, like, I don't this whole it. thing I'm is, lost. like, fascinating, and then I'm like, you're telling me that, like, y'all have, like, right. electricity, but you fucking decided to light this place with glow worms instead? Like, what the fuck? Well, I guess it's because it's the super secret secure chamber. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Reese is like, he took her to the back and there's this wall of openings full of different crowns. And glowworms. <laughs> and glowworms. 
illuminating said crowns. And Reese looks at her and goes, pick one. And she's like, what, a glow wand? <laughs> Which is kind of a cute, funny thing. It is. And he's like, "What? pick whichever crown you like. And Farrah's like, I can't just take one. <laughs> should be my reaction. I'd be like, this feels too much. Like, I don't think that's a thing. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, you most certainly can. They belong to you. She's like, I call bullshit. <laughs> yeah, she's like, bullshit. Not really. And he's like, by law and tradition, this is all yours. Sell it, melt it, wear them. Do whatever you want. And she's like, wait, you don't care about it? And I, I like how she says, I gesture to the trove worth more than most kingdoms. And this is just their personal jewelry vault, right? He's like, oh, I have my favorite pieces that I might convince you to spare, but this is yours. Every last piece of it. Damn. I don't know. That would be kind of a cool place to play, wouldn't it? Right? (laughs) I want to go. I just kind of want to go and check it out. I'm sorry. I feel that. That that, would be a cool place to visit. Mm -hmm. And she does acknowledge that she had been terrified once in Tamlin's court of being given a crown, had dreaded it. Mm-hmm. And she supposes she indeed had never fretted over it when it came to Resand, as if some small part of her had always known that this was where I was meant to be at his side as his equal, his queen. And it's just a really sweet moment. And so yeah. she comes back to where they are in the foyer at the townhouse after walking you through this little memory of where she went to go pick out her little crown. And she does say that, you know, she let the crown call to her, the one she picked. And she's like, I hadn't picked it for solid comfort, but for the draw, I felt to it as if it were that ring in the weaver's cottage. And apparently it's quite the crown. Yep. Because she says the crown was crafted of silver and diamond, fashioned into swirls of stars and various phases of the moon. Its arching apex held aloft a crescent moon of solid diamond flanked by two exploding stars. And with the glittering dress from Starfall, just as Reese steps down in all black from upstairs, at the bottom of the stairs, and Pharaoh thinks, Night Triumphant and the Stars Eternal. So Reese is Night Triumphant and she is the Stars Eternal. She's thinking, he looking good? <laughs> yes, he, yes, she does. And it just it's a really sweet moment because she's like, you know, if he's, if he's night, the night and the stars that light the night for him and I just thought that was a really I don't know it's a really cool little moment and I as a designer I have a very vivid image of what this dress looks like and um when you and I first started talking about this we yeah. talked about we, we looked at dresses crowns shoes which is funny because I'm not a shoe person people I found my friends who listen to that she did I have to admit she did now you would think I'm a costume designer I'd be all into shoe. I'm not I'm personally I'm not a shoe person but I'm a jewelry fiend. I have the Mandrake problem with jewelry. I like sparkly things. <laughs> I like pretty things. My friends know this. It's really funny. Like they know I don't do shoes. I do like purses. I have a thing for purses and I have, I got my girly thing for purses and jewelry, but I never got the shoe thing. Go figure. And um, anyway, so it's just, it's cute because you and I did, we talked about this and, and neither one of us, we found some dresses that, kind of worked but none yeah of them were exact. yeah but i found the perfect crown yes and then i bought the perfect crown 
She did. I mean, like, who, who could stop her? <laughs> well, it was worth it. It's worth it. Um, and then coming to find out, our friend Kara has the same crown. She wears. I know. Doing favor, so I knew I was on to something. <laughs> um, so anyway, as soon as Reese gets down there, Nesta suddenly cuts in from the top of the stairs. She's like, "Well, I thought y'all were leaving." And Farrah's like, blink, 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 what? <laughs> right. And she's looking up at Nesta, and she's like, Nesta was in a gown of darkest blue. No jewelry to be seen, her hair swept up, unadorned as well. I suppose that with her stunning beauty, she needed no ornamentation. It would have been like putting jewelry on a lion. <laughs> and I'm thinking, you mean like lipstick on a pig? I know. I I, I don't know. Like jewelry on a lion didn't make a whole lot of sense. And then apparently everybody is trying really hard not to look at the fact that both both Nesta and Cassian are like eyeballing each other. Right, right. Big time to the point of awkward. Yeah. And I just was kind of like, hmm. Hmm. oh my. Moment passes and Nesta comes up to Feyre. And everybody hold your horses, because this this moment just kind of made my heart stutter a little when this happened. Every time I read it, it just kind of makes me kind of go, blink, what? She nearly made, and this is what Favor says, she nearly made my heart stop dead with, the sh- with shock, as she said, you look beautiful. Meaning, Feyre. Nesta tells Feyre she yeah. looks beautiful. Oh my god! And she's like, so then Farrah's like, okay, wh- why are you dressed so nicely? Shouldn't you be practicing? And then Esther's <laughs> like, I'm going with you. <sighs> and the chapter ends. We have that nice big fat mic drop. I'm going with you, mic drop. <laughs> and the chapter ends. And take it away to chapter 42 there, Kelsey, because here we go. <laughs> yeah, so chapter 42 is also quick, like the last two have been. Uh, Nesta just like lifts her chin and vaguely explains to herself, I do not want to be remembered as a coward. And like, okay, am I crazy, Kim? Have we heard this before? Like, have we not? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes, yes, we have. So, yeah, just thought that was interesting. And she goes on to basically say that before now, war was just like a concept, something that people dealt with, but, you know, not something that was happening under her nose until now. And so she's like now willing to do whatever she can to help, even if it means, you know, telling her story. Like how she became Faye. Woohoo. Yeah. At least she's finally willing to talk. I know, exactly. And Farrah does kind of try to tell her, like, no, that's okay. You really don't have to. And Nesta responds in a very unnesta like fashion, I feel like. Right up there with you look beautiful. Um, she says you went off to battle for a court you barely know, who barely see you as friends. Amron showed me the blood ruby. And when I asked you why, you said because it was the right thing. People needed help. No one's going to fight to save the humans beneath the wall. No one cares, but I do. I do. Which, yeah, I just, I don't know. I was like, wow. Okay, Nesta, okay. Nesta! <laughs> And then Reese responds to Nesta with an equally, like, surprising proposal. He says, as High Lady, Feyre is no longer my emissary to the human world. Want the job? (laughs) Well, there you go. 
And they agree to let Nesta basically try her new position out on a trial basis. And Nesta makes sure to tell Reese that she doesn't work for cheap. <laughs> so, you know, we're back to the Nesta we're used to. Shocking. <laughs> so moving on from that. Cassian notes Reese's wings and, you know, because he's got them out and he just gestures and says, no going back now. <laughs> yeah, I think. And I think that's got like a double meaning. I think he's saying like, there's no going back to like the wingless High Lord, the Court of Nightmares. Like, obviously you're letting that go. But then I think there's also kind of like an unsaid, like no going back in time to when the Archeron sisters weren't in charge here. <laughs> Uh, yeah well there you go but now it's like time we should go uh we should probably cut the small talk you know we've been uh, standing here wasting as much time as we possibly can <laughs> being awkward yeah so as goes first uh Uno's out and he's checking for anything fishy and then he's gonna you know mentally give his okay and he does and more goes to take Cassian's arm, I guess, and she's gonna, you know, win of them. But he's moved on because he's in he's on the move towards Nesta. Yeah. And let me just like read this section because I gotta be honest, I'm kind of obsessed with him. <laughs> and because <laughs> so Reese and Farah are winnowing, and she said she watches. He at last approached Nesta, and as the world began to turn to shadow and wind, I saw Cassian tower over my sister, saw her chin lift defiantly, and heard him growl, Hello, Nesta. Reese seemed to halt his winnowing as my sister said, So you're alive. Cassian barred his teeth in a feral grin, <laughs> wings flaring lightly. <laughs> you were hoping otherwise? <laughs> mm. Moore was watching, watching so closely, every muscle tense. She again reached for his arm, but Cassian angled out of reach, not tearing his eyes from Nesta's blazing gaze. Nesta blurted, You didn't come to... She stopped herself. The world seemed to go utterly still at the interrupted sentence. Nothing and no... The world seemed to go utterly still at the interrupted sentence. Nothing and no one more so than Cassian. He scanned her face as if furiously reading some battle report. Moore just watched as Cassian took Nesta's slim hand in his own, interlacing their fingers. As he folded in his wings and blindly reached his other hand back towards Moore in a silent order to transport them. Cassian's eyes did not leave Nesta's, nor did she leave his. There was no warmth, no tenderness on either of their faces, only that raging intensity, that blend of, content, of contempt and understanding and fire. Reese began to winnow us again, and just as the dark wind swept in, I heard Cassian say to Nesta, his voice low and rough. The next time, Emissary, I'll come say hello. He knew that he was on her bad side. He knew he was on her bad side. Yes, he did. Come <laughs> say he was okay. <laughs> well, let me guess. Do we all think that they're mates? Let me guess. Anyone Maybe? take bets on that one? Me? Maybe a little bit. Anyway, I don't know. I just love them. <laughs> like, Reese and Feyre are great, but there's something about them that I just love. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I get it. But anyway, we get a snowflake. And basically, they arrive in the Dawn Court. And 
as the huge, we get like a lot of visual world building info dumpy stuff. Mm -hmm. So like you can read that all yourselves. But just know that like it's as pretty as Reese described it to Farah. <laughs> it's well, as what I like about it is she says it was the clouds I saw first. She doesn't talk about anything. Else. She talks about the clouds. Well, and that's why I call it like world buildy info dump. Um, <laughs> well, I kind of have this weird image of Bespin from from uh, The Empire Strikes Back, Cloud City. But so I yes, do. I have. She, I have, she does I talk about the clouds. Bespin from The Empire Strikes Back. Sorry. Oh, nice, nice. <laughs> but Feyre, we like get this line that is like my favorite poorly written line ever. Again, like I love Sarah J. Maas, but this line just makes me laugh. If the place above the court of nightmares had been crafted of moonstone, then this was made from dot 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 sunstone. <laughs> And, like, these are real crystals. You can Google them. They're pretty. But, like, I just feel like this sentence kind of comes across, like, if grass is green, then skies are blue. And it's like, what the fuck? Like, yeah, okay. Yeah. I agree. <laughs> um, but basically, like I said, bad. like, just read it. Yeah. Just read it for full effect. Um, mm -hmm. But, like, I get the vibe that, like, the dawn court is basically what you get if the night court and summer court have a baby. Yeah, I would agree. That sounds about right. Yeah. A, a Dawn Court man wearing light flowy robes meets us and takes us in. And Feyre observes her sister's reaction to like all of this, you know, gorgeous, pretty stuff. And mm -hmm. basically she's got like the doe eye, slack jaw, like, <laughs> not really, but you know Holy what I mean. Shit. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah and favor wonders if she had a similar like look on her face upon seeing valaris for the first time and yep. they head up this like long winding staircase to the top of a tower and reese talks to Feyre down the bond do you think i need to redecorate our home <laughs> <laughs> and this seems like a non sequitur but only because i kind of skipped the part where more when they arrived was like looking at everything and she was like dang like if you ever need to redecorate reese i think you can get some ideas from this place <laughs> so apparently this place is stunning well favorite tells them and i only bring this up because I only bring this up because their little like back and forth is cutesy down the bond and it ends with Reese telling Feyre that she should only wear the crown to bed and she calls him a scoundrel. Which I only bring up because we're big Laura Olympus fans and there's like yes. a whole thing where Persephone calls Hades a scoundrel and they have like the scoundrel percentage and like how much percent scoundrel is he? <laughs> yes, it's wonderful. Yes. So anyway... There are three High Lords already waiting in the war room, as I'm going to call it. And it's Helion. Uh, he's the uh, high, high Lord of Day. Then we've got, uh, what is it? Kalias. Kalias. Kalias, okay. <laughs> the High Court of Winter. And then we got our Dawn Court. He's, uh, you know, our Dawn Court guy, uh, Thiessen. He's, um, he's our host. <laughs> yep. Dun, dun, dun. Yeah, it'd be pretty weird if the host wasn't here. Uh, <laughs> but 
But anyways, wrapping this up, they prepare to enter this open doorway. And Reese gives Pharaoh one more mental, like, pep talk. And so they just have this quick little exchange down the bond. Shields up, Reese asked. But I knew he was aware mine had been since leaving, since leaving Valaris. Just as I was aware that he'd put a shield, mental and physical, around all of us, terms of peace or no. And though his face was calm, his shoulders thrown back, I said, I see all of you, Reese, and there is no part that I do not love with everything that I am. His hand squeezed mine and answered before we, he laid his fingers on this arm. Raising it enough that we must have painted a rather courtly portrait as we entered the chamber. You bow to no one, was all he replied. High work meeting! High work meeting! High work meeting! Sorry. We made it! We made it! We made it! (laughs) And next time, y'all. I was going to say, but that's all we've got for today. So, Kim, hit us with some songs before we wrap up. I can do that. So, we have a few songs. It's kind of funny. I wouldn't think necessarily that this weird little section had songs, but I managed to pull seven out of it so i'm I'm very excited with myself um the first song seven's seven's a good number i thought it was you know it's a nice lucky number um so the first song is casualty by hidden citizens and tash and it's for the injured at the um camp up on the hill and the second song is lost souls by lorena mckenna again for the casualties and the injured and the dying uh, at the camp and um so this is my mic drop song of the evening uh for this entire podcast um recording today uh song number three is she bangs by ricky martin and it's for when reese and pharaoh bowed chicka wow wow in the tent at the camp yes i love it i love it so much and then song four is Whatever It Takes by Imagine Dragons. It's when they visit the Bone Carver and she's like, pick something else. And then... I, I do love that song. It is. It's a great song. I love the song, too. And then number five is Dressed for Success by Roxette. And it's when they're all standing in the foyer waiting to go to the meeting. And every she's talking about how pretty everybody looks, how nice everyone looks. And to correlate with that, then we have number six, which is You Should See Me in a Crown by Billie Eilish. I'll let y'all guess why I picked that song. Maybe because of this crown? I wonder why. Hmm, Let me think. And the last song is Cloud's Song by Brent Walsh. And it's literally for when they land in the day court. And as Farrah says, the first thing I saw were clouds. (laughs) I love it. Good work. I really love all of those. Thank you. I'm proud of them. So, until next week, you can find us on all of the things. All have two A's like Sarah J. Mass's name because we're cute like that. Website, which is where you'll find the blog. MassiveFansBookClub.com Facebook at MassiveFansBookClub and Podcast Twitter at MassivePodcast Instagram at MassiveFansPodcast Pinterest at MassiveFans and TikTok at MassiveFanPod So go tell us all about your favorite songs your favorite videos show us all the things and uh, yeah we'll see you next week Absolutely We we won't see you but you'll hear us in your ear holes Yeah (laughs) We wish we could see all of you Yes with a special guest I know Oh my gosh. So right now they'd see you with a really cute baby. 
Oh, I know, right? This little one. Mm, mm. Nighttime recordings, guys. Living the dream, living the dream. <laughs> we are. We're living it. <laughs> okay, till next week. Okay. Bye. Bye.